Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters in New York, I'm Doug Krisner. So we've got an hour left in the trading day. Last day of the second quarter, we've uh, got positivity in the equity market. Industrials out in front. Caterpillar shares right now better by 2%. Kind of interesting. We were talking yesterday about uh, the move out of growth into value. But Cat is trading at about 28 times earnings. So this stock is not cheap at all. Consumer shares getting a boost from Nike. Shares are up about uh, 10% right now. This company reported earnings after the bell yesterday. Nike also announced a deal with Amazon.com to sell sneakers on the Amazon website. By the way, the earnings were above estimates by a dime, and uh, revenue target was uh, way ahead of estimates as well. S&P 500 better by about one-half of 1%, and in the NASDAQ market, the composite index is better by about four-tenths of 1% right now. Energy shares following the price of crude higher, WTI above 46 a barrel right now in New York, up about 2.5%. The focal point of the week has really been that drop in gasoline inventories. Looks like WTI is going to be up by nearly 6% for the week. Long-term interest rates backing up a bit. The 10-year right now around uh, 2.30% with a gain of about three basis points on the day. So, like trading, but positive for the equity market. You're caught up on markets. Let's get back to Bloomberg Markets. All right, Doug Krisner, thank you so much. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Masser in our Bloomberg 113S studio in lovely New York City. Corey Johnson in our Bloomberg 960 I'm back. studio, lovely studio in San Francisco. You're back. Kind of forgot, you know, been away really? for a while. Been away for a while. Really? Just saying. Oh, um, let's, talk, harsh. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of uh, Latin America. Felipe Hernandez is with us, our Latin American economist at Bloomberg Intelligence in our New York studio. Uh, we got some elections coming up. Uh, in Chile on Sunday, right? Uh, yes, Carol. It will be the, the primary elections on Sunday where two of the main political parties will pick their uh, presidential candidates for the presidential elections that will be uh, later this year in the month of uh, November. Uh, some of the other parties have already picked their, uh, their own candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, not uh, probably not a lot of big surprises uh, from these elections. But Nothing market moving coming out of this puppy? Uh, or? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, we did have some uh, results from local government elections earlier this year in, in Mexico, which did have some positive impact on, on the peso and Mexican markets. Uh, but in terms of these elections in Chile, I believe it's more... Uh, that it's starting to uh, just a quick signal of what it's coming up in terms of political of the political There's calendar a lot in the of second stuff. half of this year and next year. There's a lot on the Latin American uh, political yeah, calendar. So basically, you have, as I said, the, the presidential mm-hmm. elections in Chile uh, in November. Also in Argentina, you will have uh, legislative elections in October, and this will be important because this will be. Um, barometer of the current approval rating of President Macri and his administration and the changes and reforms that he has been pushing for uh, since since he was elected, which have been relatively positive and well received by the market, but uh, they have also faced, faced some opposition locally and, of course, they have had some political costs. So uh, these uh, legislative elections will be uh, very important uh, in Argentina as well as a, as a referendum to the reforms and the economic policy that he has implemented until now. Indeed, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's what's been going on in Argentina the last 
you know, the last few elections have been, uh, to say they're dramatic is understated. Yeah, absolutely. And and then for next year, you have uh, uh, presidential elections in Colombia, in Mexico, and in Brazil. Of course, Mexico and Brazil will be the, the a big focus of, of markets and investors next year. We do have had a lot of uh, political noise in Brazil this year. And uh, first with uh, with the uh, allegations. Just the, a little bit. <laughs> Come on. An understatement. I, I, I believe. Someday they'll figure out how to put someone in power that doesn't yeah, well, have any controversy connected you still to have them. Uh, potential impeachment against President Temer going yeah. on. And on top of this, you also have uh, a lot of political instability and noise in Venezuela, which is uh, an ever-eroding, uh, deteriorating but story. But I, I do love these emerging markets like Brazil because they do go through these controversies, these political problems, these political uh, controversies and uncertainties, if you will, um, and they rebound. So somehow <laughs> they manage to get to the, the other side. That's absolutely true. And uh, yeah. it's going to be the same uh, similar story this time around, of course, uh, a lot of uncertainty when you look at the polls uh, the polls for none of these countries are showing any strong candidates yeah and in the list of potential candidates that you have you have at least one or two that have uh, the potential to raise some market concerns given their unorthodox uh, policy measures. All right. Well, definitely a full calendar uh, when it comes to Latin America. Danny Berger also with us, our markets reporter at Bloomberg News in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. Hey, Danny, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but let's dig a little bit deeper because uh, you wrote about volatility, um, which we watch in terms of the overall markets. You've been watching also Bitcoin volatility. Yeah. Court and I like to talk about this. Yeah, it, it's interesting because we – we try to put Bitcoin volatility in perspective, and sometimes it's difficult. And there have been some ongoings which have made Bitcoin's volatility uh, quite a bit higher than it has been. Of course, it's been calming down since you know 2013, 2014, when that sort of bubble burst. So in the search to compare Bitcoin to something, here's what I got for you guys. Please. Bitcoin is now uh, comparable to a three times levered inverse Gold Miners ETF. Uh, so to break that down, it's Nuggets. an index. Isn't it Nugget? No, uh, I, um, JNUG. JNUG and JDUS. Fantastic tickers. JNUG, uh, you know, it's so, so, okay, so it follows a Gold Miners index, three times levered, and then it's inverse. So it's kind of basically the equivalent of being short. And that's basically where Bitcoin volatility is at right now. That's I'm just looking at the chart right now, uh, and Nugget, by the way, is, is the uh, is the smaller gold miners mm. in UGC, three times levered uh, long, and it has been a disaster for investors, uh, not least of which because in these things you can lose uh, everything really quickly. But oh, yeah. um, that's an enormous amount of volatility. And when I look at the yeah. chart right now, I, I don't even know what to compare it to. It's like a it's like a kid with a crayon just going making squiggly lines. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think about last year uh, I did this exercise before. I didn't write about it because it wasn't as fun because Bitcoin basically just looked like a small cap. So nothing to really see there. Uh, but, yeah, so we've had uh, – there was, you know, that Winklevoss ETF, which I think a lot of people were betting on. Uh, that didn't get through, so maybe that contributed to some volatility. We had had Bitcoin getting closer tied to Ether, the smaller cryptocurrency, uh, which sees more volatility, and then all those ransomware attacks. So, you know, it's this issue of are we going to see Bitcoin become 
uh, more uh, legitimate? Is it going to become like a mainstream currency? Uh, at the end of the day, it's kind of built not to be like one. It's it's uh, well, decentralized. To, like, yeah. if you think about it, in order for it to become legitimate, right, we need to see some stability. No, we know we need to see a lot of stability yeah. for people to really kind of unmask, you know, kind of uh, embrace it, if you will. And we're not seeing that. We're not even Is close. <laughs> That's my attempt. That Please and, do not judge me. That and liquidity. It's kind of hard for the everyday person to go out and buy Bitcoin. Uh, though there was that that story. I don't know if you saw it. Um, I believe it was a uh, was it a kindergarten that's now accepting Bitcoin for payment. Uh, so it's cropping up in weird places. And in the meantime, where is that kindergarten? Oh gosh, Come I cannot on. remember. But it it definitely is a thing. Um, I saw the story. I'm sorry, I can't do a better job recounting it for you. Uh, but you know, if more people start accepting Bitcoin, it could it could definitely help. Again, it's this issue of liquidity. Uh, I think the volatility in it is sort of the after effect of Montessori schools in New York City accepting Bitcoin. Yeah, that's that's definitely well. The sixth graders want the anonymity in case there's a there's a a hit called you know know. they're you know in between building blocks they're also learning about blockchain. So I mean this is it just makes sense, right? No, does not make sense. Unbelievable! I'd be impressed. It's great. It's yeah. an easy way to pay things. There's, you know, you could, you can, you can move money from overseas without having to pay all those kind of fees. Yeah, I, but part of me has to wonder, you know, are we sort of akin? Gosh, I hate, I hate trying to call bubbles because anyone that does ends up looking like a fool. But is this sort of the tech bubble phase of Bitcoin, the speculative phase, uh, where people are really excited about it, so it's starting to look bubbly, but perhaps we get a crash. But later down the road, when it becomes more established, uh, the high high prices are or are justified. Unbelievable. I don't know. Time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, we got to run, guys. Danny Berger, markets reporter at Bloomberg News in our Bloomberg 1130 studio, along with Felipe Hernandez. Lots of elections coming your way in Latin America. He's our Latin America economist with Bloomberg Intelligence. So Nancy Lyons right now. She's got some more of the national news headlines from our 99 studios in Washington, D.C. Thanks, Corey. President Trump is continuing his meetings with South Korea's President Moon Jae-in. During a Rose Garden ceremony earlier today, they both talked about reigning in North Korea. Although Bloomberg's executive editor, Craig Gordon, says they'd like to achieve it in different ways. The new South Korean leader, President Moon, is a human rights lawyer. I think he comes from probably the more liberal side of the street. He wants to have talks with North Korea and such like that. I think Trump is... Though Trump himself has said he'd be willing to sit down with uh, with the North Korean leader, I think right now he wants a lot more action than talk. And you did have a sense that the two sides were trying to get closer on uh, standing up to the threat of North Korean's nuclear missiles. Trump has accepted Moon's invitation to visit South Korea later this year. Violence in Chicago is prompting a federal response, as we hear from Bloomberg's Amy Morris. President Trump tweeting, quote, crime and killings in Chicago have reached such epidemic proportions that I'm sending in federal help. Well, Chicago police and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives are creating the Chicago Crime Gun Strike Force. The police superintendent, Eddie Johnson, says the city is foundationally changing the way it fights crime in Chicago. State police, intelligence analysts and state and federal prosecutors are targeting now illegal guns and repeat gun offenders. Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio. Lawmakers are heading out of Washington for the 4th of July recess. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell had been trying to reach a compromise by today on health care so that congressional scores could wane in over the break. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. 